it sounds like the note is like falling away, like falling away from me. It sounds like it's just falling it's like this. <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well, that's pretty much it. So uh, let's go. This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we, uh, what do we do? We get into a different album from a different band or artist and we break it down. We, uh, we try to find out all the secrets about the record and uh, we let you guys all in on that secret. So uh, my name is Tyler and way out there hundreds of miles away is Jeff. While you're listening, please go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify or Spotify if you use that one instead. I don't know what you do and give us five stars because that is a new feature on Spotify Go give us five stars. Go do it now. You have nothing better to do with your life because you're listening to this pod. I know it. And um, while you're doing that as well, go to our social media, at Asinine Radio. We can be found everywhere at that handle. So we also have a Discord channel. If you want to join that, hit us up. We'll send you the link to that. Hang out with us and other people who listen to the pod. And uh, the last thing is we have a phone number. If you want to give us a call, send us a voicemail, text message. I don't fucking care. Send us something. Mm. We will read it on the pod and probably make fun of you if it's something stupid. So uh, the phone number is at the phone number is 503-893-5307. And that's all I got for the boring intro. So, Jeff, what are we doing today? We are doing Slayer and their album Rain and Blood.
Slayer, formed in 1981 in Huntington Park, California, by Tom Araya on vocals and bass, Jeff Hanneman on guitar, Kerry King on guitar, and Dave Lombardo on drums. They put out they have put out 12 full-length records, two EPs, four live albums, and have sold several million copies worldwide. The album we're doing today is obviously Raining Blood. It's the band's third record, and it was released October 7th, 1986. Wait, 86? Yeah, 86. It features the original lineup of the band of Tom, Jeff, Carrie, and Dave, and is considered one of the greatest thrash records of all time. Now, Jeff, what is your origin story with the Slayers? What do you got? Go! I've never... I've maybe heard three Slayer songs my entire life. Until this week. Okay. And I just never, never got into them. I've always thought their image was goofy. And Carrie King has been at NAM a couple of times. Yes. And I just, yes. I don't know. I, I He looks like a douche. Everything I hear about him, he's a douche. And reading about <laughs> him, everything I read about, he's kind of a dick. And I, I just feel like he had no personality. And I've always thought Slayer was his band. And so, you know, I don't like Carrie King because of what I've seen him do outside of music, therefore I do not like Slayer. So I've never, I've never jumped into Slayer. Okay, interesting. I was wrong about a lot of things, but I was right about a lot of things too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely makes it seem like he is the uh, the band leader, but dude, I legit thought that he wrote like all of the music and he was like the mastermind behind Slayer, and I thought that Slayer revolved around him. Nah, it's not the case, man. Not the case. Not at all. Not at all. Not in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I mean, you don't. So you don't remember the first time you ever kind of heard them, or even the first time you listened to this record? Was it this mm. week? Yeah, the first time I listened to any Slayer album through and through was this week. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So for me, I mean, my origin story is the first song I ever heard was "Raining Blood." I think I was in seventh grade. Yeah, I think I was in seventh grade. And I I accidentally downloaded this song from Napster, and just because it it was like it was grouped in with like a Metallica song, and I didn't know it was a Slayer song. It said like Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, you know, all these other bands, and I was raining blood, and I thought it was like a Metallica song, not really knowing anything because I was in seventh grade in the year two thousand or whenever, and uh, yeah, and it ended up being the actually the Slayer song. So that was the first time I ever heard the band was that song and the first time i ever heard a full length that was the rain and blood record probably like a year after that somebody had burned me uh, a copy of the record of rain and blood and i i mean i listened to this record a lot in high school i had and then i didn't really touch upon slayer really that much after high school and they were always just kind of there like you knew that they were there i've seen them live they're re- they're fucking amazing live but they were never some never a band that i actively searched out uh and this week uh this week was a lot of fun it was a lot of slayer i mean i i listened to all 12 slayer records in two days the first seven records the first day and then six records after that or no five records after that um but yeah it was it's been quite the week and that's my origin story with uh with slayer seventh grade napster there you go so what uh what's what are your kind of initial thoughts on this record rain and blood this was um, this was better than I anticipated it to be. I thought, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty newfound metalman here, 
And it wasn't really until like the Metallica episode that I really dove in. And around that same time, I I listened to all of Anthrax's albums. I think you did too, because I was doing it. Yeah. For I don't know why we even fucking did it, but I think because I thought it would be better. (laughs) And so I mean that I mean I I do want to rank the four big thrash bands too. Let's do. You just want to do right now before we get into our initial thoughts then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, the big four. The big four. They've even toured together. Called called it the big four, the big four tour, and it's Metallica, uh, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Those are the big ones. And then I think they had like openers like Exodus, which makes fucking sense because Exodus I think are better than at least one of the bands. But yeah, so we're just gonna rank the top four of those of them. So let's just because we forgot to do it in the rankings episode. Let's just do it real quick right now. Who do you think's the worst of the big four? Anthrax. Anthrax for me is just the most uninteresting out of the four. I don't I don't I don't think Anthrax is that great at all. I think they've done some cool stuff. Some of their collabs they bring yeah. the noise fucking rad. But I, I just I don't think they're I don't think they're they're unique enough. I just think they're 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 run of the mill, they're boring. So that that's my number four. Do you want me to just do all four of them and you do yeah, all four? Just go go through all yeah, let's do that. So Can't my number three like if my number three is Megadeth, but Th- given that I've I own this week I only listened to two their first two albums, mm-hmm. and I haven't re- I I actually haven't listened to any of their albums outside of just the first two. So, for whatever that's worth, I guess I don't know. But damn, dude, those first two albums you take out the vocals, dude. Those first those first two albums are 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 up there as being like the best yeah, because they are fucking good. They're so goddamn good, and the vocals aren't really that bad. They're not terrible. Dave Mustaine gets a lot worse later on and, and yeah. just the bits and pieces of songs that I've heard. But I think Megadeth, instrumental-wise, I think could be the best out of all three. But overall, I put them as the number three. Number two, now this is where it gets tricky because if, if I just pick one album, if I just pick Rain and Blood versus Kill Em All versus Master versus Ride the Lightning, <laughs> I think Rain and Blood is going to win. Okay. okay, but that's as fair. a that's as an overall band, I think Slayer's number two and and Metallica's number one. But I I think that that Rain and Blood could be the best thrash album of all time because of Dave Lombardo. Because mm-hmm. did this band I initially thought was a Kerry King band, but the guy's like the weakest part. The guy writes crazy awesome guitar solos, but he's no dime bag. No, he's, no, no, no. He, he's not even fucking. He's not even James Hetfield. He 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 writes the same <laughs> fucking thing over and over. Yeah, yeah. And what this album really really lacks is like melody. Is like really strong melody, like you're getting from the first three Metallica albums. The only difference is Four. now you're having. I, I'm not too familiar with their fourth as I am with the first three. Makes no sense, but okay. Because I had the first three in the vinyls, so I listened. I don't to know why you don't have Injustice for All, but that's fine. I've never seen it. I mean, I've never seen it for ten dollars, so I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, you're never gonna see it for ten dollars. I got never the gonna first see it cheaper for than like 20 ten bucks. bucks. Yeah, you're never gonna see it cheaper than twenty. So I, I, I am one hundred percent in the camp that Kerry King is kind of like the weakest member of the band. The band is is kind of weak without Dave. This band just chugs along and does it over and over and over and over, and it gets so fucking monotonous. And had it not been for Dave Lombardo doing extra work on the drums, this band would be this band this band would just be trash. This band would be anthrax. And that's the only reason why I think as a band, 
they're below Metallica because Metallica has done many, many albums that are better than anything they did beforehand. Whereas Slayer, I think the writing on the coattails of essentially Rain and Blood, their entire existence depends on Rain and Blood. And Metallica is not that. Metallica yeah. is not Kill 'em All. Metallica is not Master. Metallica is not the Black Album. They're, they're, they're so much more than that. True, true, true. So as true. a band, I give Metallica a number. Like if, if I'm just overall band, career, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax. But if I'm just basing, if you just take their best thrash album and rank them, I think Rain and Blood is the best. That's a fair That's a fair thing. I, I really think it is. I don't necessarily disagree with you there at all, which is weird. Because yeah. I'm a big Metallica man. But, <clears throat> all right, so my uh, my top four... Uh, the worst is easily Anthrax. Come on, that's just it's silly boy talk. Anybody who likes Anthrax more than these <laughs> other three, you're just you. I don't think you've ever heard music. It I is mean, true. God, like, Anthrax it doesn't make any is so sense. disappointing, I dude. I don't. I don't get Anthrax. I mean, Scott Ian. Yeah, he's a good guitar player, but I don't think he's done. I can't. I can't hum or name you one riff of his unless we it's already a have a Kerry King. We don't need another one, Scott yeah. Ian. Relax. But even Scott. But even Scott Ian, he doesn't. He's not as wild as Kerry or no. Jeff. He he's not at all. He he's he's very subdued, and I don't. I think the vocals in Anthrax suck. The multiple singers they've had, they suck, and there's just nothing there except for, like I said, the two covers. The two covers that they do are great. They're fucking great covers. But yeah, and it, the band sucks. So <laughs> uh, number three is Megadeth. Megadeth are like they're the. I think out of all the bands, Dave Mustaine is by far the best guitar player for out sure. of all four bands. I mean, he has, he has the complexity of, of with the guitar and he just can write amazing fucking riffs. But when it comes to songwriting, I don't think he's, I mean, he's definitely not the strongest songwriter, but he does have some amazing parts, amazing solos. He's by far the best guitar player. Like I said, he had, he, he's hired some amazing musicians to be in the band. But I think the thing that kind of plagued, Megadeth is that, you know, Dave Mustaine has always been known as kind of a dickhead like Kerry King, but Dave Mustaine can't hold together a like a a permanent band. Like he's had so many people within that band. There's never been like a core group of guys that have done a shit ton of records like Metallica and Slayer have. So that's kind of where it falls flat too. But at least he has like like you know addiction to kind of fall back on yeah, yeah as to true, why he's true. a dick. Kerry King is just just straight up dick. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for his shitty attitude. Um but yeah, so I mean I'm not knocking Dave Mustaine because the dude is extremely talented and the shit that he wrote with Metallica off of Kill 'em All and the one song off of Lightning, you know, were fucking great songs. But yeah, he Megadeth Megadeth is definitely third. So Number two is Slayer because, like you said, overall, Metallica have put out better records overall. But if you're if we're talking about like straightforward thrash music, yeah, of course, of course, you know, Rain and Blood is is going to take that because it's the most one of the most aggressive records you'll ever hear in your life. Like I don't care how much you down tune the guitar or how fast you fucking play, you got to have that intensity in your music. Like all the death metal that you hear in the last twenty years. Dude, that shit has nothing on this record. Absolutely nah. nothing. Because it doesn't have that same intensity. It doesn't have that same kind of, um, kind of, just kind of, like, fuck it attitude. 
It's all like there. Like this album yeah. does. Yeah. This, this album is just them just fucking around, drinking a lot of, lot of alcohol and just getting fucking wild. But so my number one is Metallica. I, like, like I said, I'm a huge Metallica man. And I think Master of Puppets, to me as a whole, I feel like that is the greatest thrash record of all time because it does have the intensity of like thrash music, but it has a lot of melody on top of it. Which I know you people people don't really associate that with thrash, but it needs there needs to be something there, and there's nothing on Master of Puppets that sounds like the like any one of the other songs. With this album, there's a few songs that bleed into each other pretty easily. Yeah, so def oh, for sure. There's. So I, I think I think objectively, Master of Puppets is the quintessential thrash record. This is the most intense thrash record, but I don't. It, it's hard. It's hard to compare the four. Really, or it's hard to compare the top two, really. But. You gotta like, you gotta also look at it that Master of Puppets put out. I mean, Metallica have have put out so many really really good albums with such a shitty fucking drummer. Yeah. So they are like they're relying on melody and instrumentation like one hundred percent because Lars yeah. is not just a bad drummer. He's just like he's pretty shitty drummer. Yeah, and he's just gotten and shittier over the years. And it's Whereas, crazy that that Lars. Lars is the backbone. So if you have a bad drummer, your music for the most part should be bad. But that's not the case with him because he is Lars is such a great songwriter. And that's really the only reason why he he ever sta- was stayed in the band was because he him and James wrote songs so well together. It's it's it's, it's unreal. It's unbelievable. And and man, and just and just listening to I mean I mean well getting into it already now. It's just this album, there are so many points on this album where I think, dude, you just you. This is fucking boring music. Like you're lucky Dave Lombardo is going crazy on the drums in such a subtle way that it doesn't sound like he's going crazy on the drums. But he'll he'll double time parts where they slow down, or he'll slow down parts where they're going faster. But if it was large on the drums, this album would be shit. This album yeah, would be it would absolutely fall apart. terrible. It would because, absolutely fall apart because the chugging parts are just not that great sometimes. And, and I only have like five bangers, I think six bangers. Okay. Because I think the other four songs are just, it's just like, dude, it's, it's okay. Like at best, like you're lucky. It's not a fucking stinker. Cause it's, it's just chugging. It's just open E string. And if you just throw like a boring drummer in there, like Lars, this would be fucking monotonous. It would sound like a helicopter. It'd be annoying. It'd be boring. Yeah, but Dave Dave has so many little he he's such a nuanced drummer for being so fast. It's remarkable. It's really remarkable and he he gets a lot of credit for his drumming, but he deserves a lot more. He really does, but because he's only played in extreme bands like Slayer, Suicidal, and now Misfits for what that's worth. Uh nothing. Well, I mean, he only plays with like the classic lineup of Misfits. He doesn't play with the Jerry only version. Still nothing as as far as drumming yeah, is yeah, concerned. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot of sh- suicidal tendency stuff that's pretty. It's kind of complex, but yeah, dude. He, th- honestly, the guy just deserves way more credit than he gets, and it it's a real shame. And I I do remember reading when this album came out, like right before or like right during. What fuck? When did Injustice for All come out? Eighty eight, I think. So. So I think on Injustice for All, Lars was trying to emulate Dave Lombardo, but wasn't doing it well because he's obviously he's not a good drummer. So by the time they got to the Black Black album, 
I read that Bob Rock told told Lars, like you don't have to try to play like Dave. Like let's write a song with with your abilities. Don't overdo it. And with that, we got the Black Album because Lars stopped pushing himself because he was put. I mean, yeah, he's not great. But you could tell in the 80s, he at least was trying to push himself to be a better drummer for the band. But when Bob Rock got involved with the Black Album, Bob said, Blob. Bob said, nah, stop it. You got to play to your shittiness. So that's what Lars did. And he stunted and he hasn't been the same since. So it's a shame. It's a real shame. It is a shame. You can clearly hear a difference in drumming from the Black Album to Kill Em All. Like it's mm-hmm. Kill Em All is... is it's a decent thrash drummer. Like he's yeah. a decent thrash drummer. And then, like, the Black Album, I can play on the drums, most of it, if not all of it, which <laughs> is not good. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Oh, gosh. It's, it's a rough, that's a rough record. Sometimes There's some good stuff on there, but overall, that's a bad record. One of the best-sounding records that oh, we Oh, sonically, own. it's one of the best, for sure. Like, in rock music, at least. Great pressing. That ten dollars we spent on the black album, Fucking totally $10. worth it. Stupid. Totally worth it. Yeah, <laughs> Stupid. so good. Uh, okay, uh, back to Rain and Blood from Slayer. Rain and Blood through a lacerated sky. Dude, that's such a cool line. That's my that's my one B is Raining Blood. Okay, that's my one B as well. So yeah. okay, so do we don't have any stinkers, right? No, I don't have any stinkers now. Okay, good. So. Neither do I. So let's start with the one B, Rain and Blood. We already played it. I have, I have six Bs. I have ten Bs. So, oh uh, God, we're not we're not going to talk about the bonus song. What is it? Aggressive. Aggressive perfecter. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. We could, uh, we don't need to talk about it. It's fine. The ten it's songs fine. are fine. Yeah. Um. Okay. So what do you got on on Rain and Blood? Go. This one. This one did remind me of Metallica a lot. And goddamn, dude, Seek and Destroy in this one, mm, pretty. Little, little too similar for my taste there in that in that in that riff in that guitar <laughs> riff, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can I can hear it a little bit. I, li- that's it's pushing uh, it though. But the dr- but everything else I is so know. hard to where it doesn't matter. The everything fact that both of these matter. songs kind of like start off with that iconic. Oh, I mean, this one starts with a lot of production, but they both kind of start off with that that guitar riff. I, I uh, 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 yeah, but Slayer did it so much heavier with the big the big toms. And that's 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 another like reason why this this album is so much better drumming wise is Seek and Destroy like that's such a fucking cool song, but Lars's drumming is just so dumb. <laughs> I know like, the way the way he hits like the bass into the snare and he kind of like holds off a little bit until the backbeat and it's just it's like what are you doing, dude? Like why are you trying so hard? Either dumb it down and be like a Meg White or get good. Yeah, don't be in between. It sounds stupid. Never gets good. But uh, Raining Blood, this is, I guess, like I said, it reminds me of Metallica. A lot of work was put into this one. Like, clearly, a lot of work was done into this. The production, the whole, the whole theatrics of it. But, mm-hmm. god damn, this song is fucking nuts. This song is absolutely <laughs> nuts. I love the dueling guitars. I love the double bass. And then out of nowhere, it sounds like this is the one that out of nowhere that the bass just gets turned up in the mix. Because okay. I feel, I feel like... About a minute and a half to two minutes into it, all of a sudden now I can hear the bass, and it's not just like it's it's a little bit louder. It's like prominent. I like the, it's almost like a bass solo. I can hear the bass in this one, and it's weird. And I listen to it in my car, and I listen to it on headphones, so it's not just just the vessel of which I listen to. Yeah, it happened like twice. I didn't. I've never picked up on that. 
It was, I, I, now I'm probably going to hear it every time I listen to it. It was weird. It is weird. Huh. But this one's cool because there's so many different bridges. There's so many like different kind of breakdowns. And then there's a part where he just yells rain blood. <laughs> so good. And then like the the, the way yeah. it goes into the solo, like the cymbal hit, the one, two, three, four, but it's not like, you know, yeah. it's not like super quick. It's just like, no, let's take our time. Let's, let's be a little dramatic about it and let's fucking rip it up. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. So the, I don't want to say it's a knock to the record because it adds to the intensity of the record, but the solos make no fucking sense. They're not no. good solos at all. They are wanking for the sake of waking and wanking and just playing as fast as they could fucking play. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason for them, which is crazy that you like it because you because, hate solos. Because like with, with Dimebag, Dimebag solos were, were calculated. I mean, Dimebag's are... Uh, exponentially better guitar player than Kerry King is was and Jeff is, too. Jeff Hanneman too. yeah yeah but I, I don't I don't consider Tim because he's more of like a songwriter than like a soloist whereas Kerry True, King is yeah. dude, I literally just think Kerry King was exists on this earth just to be a douche and then play the same solo and di- on different strings over I think and over he's and just over. and and also to bully other people especially the people in his band God, he's so annoying. But yeah. but like like the difference is Di- is Dimebag writes music or writes solos to be like melodic. And there's a lot of times where Dimebag solos were very melodic and they had their own tune. This one, yeah, it is just wanking. This reminded me of this reminded me of our song that we play, where it's like go and then just go as fast as we fucking possibly can because it's fun. And that's what this song sounded like. It's just it's just fun. And not knowing, I mean, I don't know how, how unfun Kerry King was at this time. It still seemed like he was pretty fun at this time. But this song just sounded fun. This song sounded like something that they all, because, I mean, Dave Lombardo, even now, is just, at, at this time, he's the only musician of the, of the group, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're writing thrash music, which, I mean, like, come on, it's the fucking same song ten times, <laughs> just a little bit different. They just but, play it really fucking fast. Yeah, Dave Lombardo is really the only, like, true musician here. So it's just, I, agree, I don't know, I they're ripping it up just trying to have fun. Just a bunch of kids goofing off. And when you think about it, Dave Lombardo is the only guy in the band, outside of like, you know, the other drummers, he, he's the only one that has actually worked with other bands. Yeah. Tom never did anything outside of Slayer. Carrie has like, you know, guess, featured, guess guessed spots. it on a song. Jeff never, Jeff tried to do a band pri- just right before Slayer started, but then pretty much Carrie told him like, you need to quit. And then Jeff was like, oh, okay, okay, I'll come back to you, Kerry. So, oh, he's a very reserved guy. He's very, yeah. yeah, I, I don't want to knock. I don't want to yeah. knock him because he was probably a really cool guy. And I think yeah, it was just it was just his personality. He was just that type of personality too. He wanted to please like his friends, and Kerry King was that type of personality that had no problem taking advantage of that personality. Yeah, and I mean to jump on the Kerry King, you know, trash wagon. Which we're going to do a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> Trash but, wagon. Uh, <laughs> but it seems like Carrie pretty much has bullied Tom into staying in Slayer for like the last 10 to 15 years. Because anything you read about Tom is like, he pretty much just wanted to stop. Like around like 2007, 2008, he kind of wanted to just kind of retire and just let the legacy of Slayer be and that's it. But then they come out with like three more records. Mm-hmm. And they, they then they finally do the farewell tour because I think Tom eventually like put his foot down and pretty much I think he probably said this needs to stop now. But I think I pretty much Carrie bullied him for years and years and years to continue doing it. I didn't know that the bass player was a singer. Really? I thought Carrie King sang 
most of the songs. Are you serious? Because he's the front man. I don't know how you got this. Because I don't, I don't like him at all. Yeah, and so no, I, I don't. Distance myself so much from Slayer because, because I, I still think their image is goofy. I think their brand is goofy, and it's just like this. This is like everything that I dislike about music is just building a, building a band around a brand, and that is, I mean, I, that's what they did from the get go. Is they they built a brand around their music, rather than putting out music first and then built a brand around it. I think they did it like at the same time, parallel with each other. And I think their brand is stupid. I think it's cheesy. I think I think they're 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 catering to like the lowest common denominator of this stuff. <laughs> I think it's so dumb. It's so cheesy and goofy and childish. Image wise, yeah. I mean the only people that really kinda take this imagery seriously are either, you know, conser- very Christian conservative people or fucking 12 to 17 year old kids i mean those or are the only like people actual that... witches and, no, that... and and centaurs and shit <laughs> dumb ass shit i will say and then kind of kind of going back to the tom and carrie dynamic you know when this band started in 1981 tom already had like a career he was he was a respiratory therapist he was an rt you know, which pays good money. That's a good, it's a good job. You know, it's a very good job and you're helping a lot of people. Yeah, it can be rough sometimes because it's the medical field, but it's a solid job. And really the only reason why that first Slayer record was made was because of Tom's savings. So kind of what I gathered and kind of what I, I don't know, I'm speculating is that Carrie almost like bullied Tom into like giving up his savings and his money to to finance that first record and that first tour, which I mean, obviously worked out in the end, but I feel like Carrie is, Carrie is so ambitious that he doesn't give a fuck about anybody else. I really don't think, I mean, he clearly doesn't give a fuck about anyone else. It's no. I, and, and again, like when I said that I didn't realize that, that Carrie King wasn't the main songwriter, singer, even, even guitarist. I still think that he's not the main guitarist. He's I, not, he's not. I just like what do you do? Why what do you do here? Because this band would fall apart without Dave Lombardo because you'd be boring. You'd be boring thrash metal because yeah. you don't have any yeah. kind of like really solid melody. You're just fast, loud, and aggressive at your mm-hmm. core. You're not you're not kill 'em all. You're not seek and destroy. Like come on. Like that has yeah. its own melody to it. Just the guitar part alone has its own melody to it. So you're not Metallica. You're not a virtuoso in the thrash realm as Dave Mustaine. So, like, what do you do here? All your solos sound the fucking same. The singing's not even you like I thought it was. I don't think that you're writing any of the music aside from <laughs> just your guitar solo. It's like, what the fuck do you do in this band? Yeah, yeah. I feel like he, he's a guy, too, to where he uh, w- he only gets songwriting credits because he probably bullied Jeff into saying, like, I wrote I wrote this one this these two notes in the riff so I I deserve songwriting credits. Yeah. Just exactly. like okay, whatever dude. As long as I get songwriting credits, I don't care what you get. Well, that's like, probably a time too when like songwriting credits, yeah, it was a time when songwriting credits was just like, oh, it's it's fine. Yeah, you can say you wrote it. That's cool. Yeah. We're not going to make it big. <laughs> I just I couldn't I was what I was surprised about this week was that Tom pretty much doesn't write any of the lyrics. He has very little input on the lyrics. It's all Carrie and Jeff and and I had no idea it's it's very much like a Black Sabbath thing where 
where Geezer wrote pretty much all the lyrics. For or Fall Out Boy. Or Fall Out, okay. Yeah, Fall Out Boy. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a better comparison for sure. Because that was comparison. surprising to like fucking the world, right? Everybody thought, you know, <laughs> whoever that guy is in Fall Out Boy that sings Patrick Stump. lyrics. Yeah. Is that his name? Oh, yeah, it is his name. Patrick Stump. <laughs> so I, I, I know him because of his little stupid little hat that he wears all the time. Yes. Dude, Fall Out Boy are terrible, man. They're so bad. They're such a bad band. God. I always, I always think that they, they should be better than we give them credit for. And then I'll listen to like a song by them that's not Dance Dance. And I just think, wow, that's yeah. not good. I listen to, you know, the, the Discover Weekly thing on Spotify that we listen yeah. to? The the band The Damn Things came on, it, on. And Oof. I haven't listened to them in a long time. But you know they're that super group? Yeah. With uh, the, the singer from Every Time I Die, a couple guys from Fall Out Boys, and Scott Ian from Anthrax and shit. Which is so much better than Fall Out Boy. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like the greatest thing ever, but it was much more enjoyable than Fall Out Boy. And clearly, the guys from the the guitarist and drummer from Fall Out Boy are like the best parts of Fall Out Boy. They I mean, they can be they can be heavy if they want to be. And like Sugar, we're going down swinging is a kind of heavy guitar driven song. It's just, it is. Yeah. The singing and the drums are really. That's the band with Scott Ian too, right? From Anthrax. Yeah, yeah Scott Ian. Yeah, and, and he's Scott like Ian, yeah. he's like ninety years old, and everyone else is in their like twenties. <laughs> Fucking yes. weird. Fucking weird. Yeah. Super weird. Super weird band. But anyway, back to Slayer. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Raining Blood. What do we? Uh, what? What? Where do we leave off? I don't even know. We we're I, talking about the w- drumming, but I think. Uh, what, what? What do you? This is your one B. Yeah, yeah. It's our. It's both of our one B. Yeah, so what? I mean, I don't think well, you. I don't think you like, talked about. Yeah, it. Yeah, I, I haven't really talked about it, but I. I did. Did you watch any live videos this week from the band? Yeah, I watched a lot, <laughs> and I watched. I I watched. I watched live videos specifically because this one is like their 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 favorite one to play. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, like, maybe you know, like, okay, that'd be kind of cool if they change it up a little bit or they like extend it. And they do. Like a lot of times, yeah. they will. They will change shit up. They will extend this. There'll be like drum parts where, where where Lombardo will do whatever the fuck he wants for two, three minutes, and they'll go back to it. And like this is their, this is like their Moby Dick, or like this is their their Dazed and Confused. This is like their 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 magnum opus almost. I know, I know. They fuck around with this one so much, and it was so cool. And then I think it was the the 2010 tour, if I'm not mistaken, where th- this was the last song they played, and. I think it was when they played the song, this album in its entirety, and at the end of the song, toward the end, they it literally rained blood on the stage. So they were covered in. I mean, it's very gimmicky. God, it's so dumb. It's very gimmicky, but it's still kind of cool. It's still kind of cool. Imagine being in the audience for that, though. How cool that must have looked. Must have looked so fucking sick. But uh, these guys are too old for this. Eh, whatever. Who gives a fuck, man? Who gives a fuck? Ugh. Just having fun. As long as I mean, as long as I'm because. At that point, I, I would be in the pit or somewhere near it. I guess 2010, we'd still be pretty. We're still pretty young. 2010 in our 20s. So if I got yeah. if I got blood splashed, I'd be okay with it. But now, and like if I was in the if I was in the audience and I got blood splashed by a bunch of guys that are older than me, trying to like recapture their youth, I'd be pissed. <laughs> but the the big difference too is you know with with bands that get older, they get they get lazier. They get they just become bad. Slayer never got bad because I watched I watched videos they were from never the good. 80s. Well, no, no, no. I watched I watched videos from the eighties. I watched videos from the two thousands, and then I watched videos from their last their farewell tour with Gary Holt and Paul on drums. And the intensity, 
outside of Tom not being able to headbang anymore because he fucking fucked up his neck so bad, which is another uh, dude. I want to get into that. That shit's fucking wild. But um, but other than that, dude, the intensity was there. Like they they have not skipped a beat from 1981 until 2019 when they split. Like they were just they were always on point. It was so cool. It was so good. So and and oh what oh okay so this song raining blood. I, a lot of the live videos I watch, at least the one, oh, especially the one in 2010, I've noticed because they focus a lot on Dave uh, playing the drums in the beginning. The two, the two floor toms that he hit were fucking enormous. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but they're they're like the size of a bass drum, maybe even bigger. But they're set up as floor toms, and he's just <laughs> hitting them so hard to that guitar riff. It's it's I, so no, cool. I didn't even know. I wonder if they are fucking bass. They drums. might be bass drum. They might. They're, That's so they're, cool. They're big. No, they're very big. And yeah, they, there's two of them to the right. Obviously, to the right of them. I think there's like maybe one normal floor tom, but then there's there's one next to it that's fucking big. So yeah, he he's just hitting those at the beginning of Raining Blood and I was just like, dude, this is this is just so exciting. And then the big wall the the stupid cheesy big wall of amps, you know? It's yeah. so fucking eighties, but it fits this band so well. So it goes along with their like their their character. The character of the band. But yeah, they're goofy. They're cheesy. They this are band it's this fun. Band is, this band is not they're not good like Dave Mustaine's good. They're not mm-hmm. good like Metallica's songwriting is good. They're not a good band. They just write music that is really, really fast and aggressive. Really tough. And it's actually faster than like any of the four we've talked about. They yeah. it's like the fastest. And Raining Blood is the most insane fucking nut song that they've done. But they're <laughs> not like a good band. Yeah, they're I mean, outside of Dave. Yeah, outside of Dave, they're not there's nothing extraordinary about the band it's just their fucking brand they've built their and that's smart and that's no, i don't know if great. that was carrie king's doing and to begin with is just hey let's build a brand of just constantly pissing off people that way we're always you know, being talked about good or bad yeah. you know the bad publicity is better than no publicity type of thing it seems like that reading everything about carrie and how carrie would even write lyrics and Tom would like feel uncomfortable because he he is like a he's a Catholic guy like he he's a practicing Catholic, yeah, and even know. Tom That's and even so Tom bizarre. would say like Tom would even say like dude I don't think we should I don't I don't really want to sing this and then Carrie, you know probably started pouting and probably said no oh, you gotta sing it Tom you gotta sing it, and Damn. then Tom would feel bad because he's a nice guy. Some so. of these lyrics are just they're like they're like something a fucking twelve year old would write. They're so <laughs> dumb. They are so fucking dumb. Some of them are really cool. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are great. No, but, I, but I, I, some I, of them are so <laughs> stupid. Uh, like what I mentioned earlier, I, I did want to bring up Tom's surgery, his his, his, back, his, his neck surgery, neck surgery. So he he had been headbanging for so long. So in two thousand nine, <laughs> he he had to go into surgery to fix like you know certain discs in his neck and back, and I guess like the 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 surgery it's easier to go in through the front than the back of the neck. So they literally cut his neck open. They pretty much like cut his head off. Yeah. <laughs> and then they moved his esophagus and everything out of the way and like fused the different discs in his neck and then put everything back into place and then sewed his neck up. So they could, he fucking had his neck chopped off. He was decapitated. That's he was decapitated. the most metal thing you could ever happen to you ever. Seriously. And he came back to life. 
Like he's but a then fucking you, <laughs> vampire. It's fucking like it's so it's so interesting. And but then you can tell the performances after that, like the like the especially the farewell one. Tom barely moves on stage. Like he's his head's not moving at all. And but he's still like performing well. Like he's playing the song, singing the songs very well. But yeah, dude, he's not moving at all from that microphone. See, but, but like <laughs> Carrie King is so fucking boring. Mm-hmm. The way he hunches over, why does he do that? I don't know. I don't I don't like the way he play I don't I don't like anything about Carrie King. I don't like the don't way either. he plays guitar. I don't like his solos. Some of them I, I like think his, are cool. I don't like his tattoos. Just be good. Yeah, that fucking stupid bro tribal tattoo thing that he's got going on. And then the, the chains, the, the fake chains that he wears. But I just cannot stand oh. the way he hunches over when he plays guitar. Yeah, that's true. Like his fucking guitar weighs, you know, 145 pounds. And of course, <laughs> he plays those long ass fucking guitars. He plays a BC where, Rich, of course, too. Where the, where the head like extends two feet out and the, the back is in the V shape and they go down. Yeah. It's super annoying. But he hunches over like he's just like he weighs like 500 pounds. I, I don't understand why he does it. It irritates me. I don't like anything about him. Bothers me. Uh, I know. I know. Bothers me. I hate that he plays BC Riches too. Like the ugliest fucking guitars you could play. Like not even like cool ugly. Just fucking little, straight up ugly. Little thrash kid uh, guitars. Yeah, it's like it's like thirteen year old kid guitars. Don't you have a BC Rich? I do have a BC Rich. Yeah. yeah. BC I Rich. I just black, bought it because right? it was yeah. I just bought it because it was yeah. cheap and I. And I didn't have an electric guitar at the time, and I was just like, okay, it's 80 bucks. I'll buy it. <laughs> Somebody was selling it, so I just picked it up. I still have it, too. I'm trying to be like, like Carrie King. I am it? trying to be like Carrie King. Uh, oh, right. boy, oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, Rain and Blood through a lacerated sky. Let's get into the lyrics. I like the lyrics a lot. The story in this song, I like the story. It's about a fallen angel who falls into purgatory, and he's so pissed off that he tries to destroy heaven in the process just to get his revenge. So he, he goes to destroy heaven. Dude, it's a cool story. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> this is one of the few ones that actually, I don't want to say meant something, but like said something that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't completely goofy, even though the, the, I don't know, pierced from below, souls of my treacherous past. Like, dude, <laughs> it's just word vomit. Like any any word he could possibly think of that was more than two syllables is now in this song, yeah. and most of his fucking lyrics. And at times it's very it's very obnoxious, but this one's cool, and it's because the song's fucking good. Like yeah, if this song sucked, these lyrics would suck. But the song's the song's amazing. It is. You know what? Okay, musically too, the part that I love too is the is the the dun 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 dun. Dun dun, and then and then Dave changes it up. He goes, he just hits like the 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 hi hat and the snare, and just playing along. But he's not playing to the chugging part. You know that part in the bridge. It's very short lived, but I love that part because he he initially plays with that chugging, but then he goes into like his just like a normal beat on top of it, and I just love that change up. And then it goes into the the rain and blood, and then he's just going crazy again with the double bass. Dude, that's, Dave, that's my favorite part of the song, Dave-wise, is that, is that part of the bridge, is how he changes it up so much within probably 15 seconds. And that's, like, that's, why, that's why this album works so well is because of those nuanced things that Dave mm-hmm. does. It's, like I said earlier, like Dave can go from playing the same thing. If they're going chuggy and slow, Dave will play chuggy and slow. But you can tell he kind of gets bored. 
he's just a better songwriter than they am. They are than they am. And they am. And so then he will do something different. He will add something different. He will speed up. He will slow down. There are times when he's just writing the ride symbol and he's just going click 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 then going real slow in the bass and boom, boom. But hitting that ride, little sixteenths, and everyone else is like going super slow or going super fast. He does whatever the fuck he wants, but it's never annoying. It's never obnoxious. It's never, I don't know. It's never Travis Barker. It's always just very. I will, I will, I will let the band do their thing, but I'm going to make sure they don't fail. And I wrote in my notes too that the perfect, the, the, like the best way I could describe like his drumming with this band, is when you're like your dad's teaching you how to ride a bike or whoever's teaching you how to ride a bike, mm-hmm. and the first time you do it without training wheels, and you think like, oh, I'm doing it, Dad, I'm doing it, but like your dad's right there behind you with his hands next to your waist, running as fast <laughs> as he can. Yeah, that's that's his fucking band. Dave Lombardo is running behind this band with his hands next to their waist, making sure they don't fall over. Wow, that's the best way I can describe it. Because that is that is that is spot on. Because I, I think it's hundred percent true. Like he yeah. he lets them do their thing, but he makes sure they don't fail. That's that's true. I mean, that's perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> that was, like my two biggest takeaways were one that Kerry King is not the front man, and even though he wants to be, and then two is that this band would fail without Dave Lombardo. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true, and you know, going off the Kerry King thing too. Once again. He's been talking about doing stuff, you know, not using the Slayer name for years since, like, they announced their world tour, but literally nothing's come out. Yeah. Nothing. You know, Because nobody like, wants to like, fucking do anything like, with them. I have, I have, like, 30, 40 songs that I've, I've written and worked with other people on and this and that. It's like, where is it? Like, nobody gives a shit about you. Like, everyone, right now. Everyone knows you're a dick now. Dude, it's the easiest time to release music to the world, you know? And make it dire- and make everything go directly to you without a label, without anything. You could literally release anything at the drop of a hat. <sighs> Especially with his brand. Yes, I know. The dude is oh, he's so that's full how of you, That's how you exactly that's how you know he's full of shit. Is because like clearly if he had something, Tom doesn't want to fucking work with him. Dave doesn't want to fucking work with him. Nobody else gives a shit about him. The only the only other person that would maybe like bow to his 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 wishes is dead. So he's on his own entirely. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, and then speaking of Tom, too, the dude fucking retired. I mean, he's lived in Texas for a long time. The guy retires, goes to his cattle ranch in Texas where he just hangs, like, raises cows and just hangs out on his property, hangs out on the porch and plays guitar and sings country music. Like, that is literally his retired life. I don't know if you read any of that. Well, I didn't see that. But that's, yeah, that's the life. That is his life. I guess like even when he was in Slayer, he he would say like his favorite moments were when he's just to keep up his like vocal chops. He would just like hang out on his front porch and sing country songs, just to make sure his voice was like ready for tour or whatever like that. But yeah, he has like I guess he has like over sixty cattle, sixty cows on his property in Texas, and he just like he fucking runs a cattle ranch. That is his life. <laughs> and he's just fucking enjoying it. I love it. I mean, Tom, to me, like personality-wise, and just as a everything that in that sense, Tom is my favorite person in the band. Musically, Dave is the best, but Tom, I think, like if you were to hang out with anybody in the band, Tom would be the one I'd want to hang out with. Yeah, he probably has like the coolest fucking stories. And then the dude's from from not even from America. He's from uh, Chile, and he moved here as an immigrant, 
and then you know just kind of grew up in that that kind of like being an outsider it's just like dude the guy must have so many fucking stories i just he seems the most like normal like the closest you'll get to just talking to a normal human being yeah yeah. out of all of these guys absolutely oh boy boy oh boy we talked a lot about just slayer in general and barely about anything um, musically. But. It's, I mean, it's also new to me. Like I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot. I have not heard a lot. That's good though. That's good. We're we're getting so, down into here the we, here we are. Here we are. Nitty right. gritty guitar band. You know, <laughs> listening to them. That's fine. I had not yet. Not yet. Just one more. One more week. All right. So we're done with raining blood. Finally, with this song. So finally, finally. What is your uh, what's your two B then off of this album? The opener, Angel of Death. That is my my two B as well. Damn, Gina. You cannot start a record off cooler than this. Mm-mm. It's so good. It's it's interesting because Rain and Blood is a better song, mm-hmm. but it is not a good opener. It is a perfect closer. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. where that's where Angel of Death comes in. What's 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 great about this is how it just starts off immediately. There's no ease. There's no ease into it. There's no, there's no, let's, let's build up. It's just, it's right away. Everybody hits something and then it goes into the guitar riff and then everybody comes back in. It's just, it's instantaneous. And that scream, (laughs) dude, it's so dorky. It's so dorky. It's iconic. It is is iconic. It's fitting for this band because I think this band is inherently dorky, (laughs) but God, it's it's this is just so this is so fast and aggressive, and this is one like like right off the bat, Lombardo's like layers this song. I I keep I keep thinking I keep coming back to it. Is, man, if Lars was doing this, like this it would fall this, apart. This song would suck. Like yeah. this song would suck because Lombardo is the one that drives the song forward. Yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that 100. percent What's what I like about this song too, much like Raining Blood, is that it's not just the open E string just being constantly just fucking hit. You know, it's there. There's there's a little bit more there, especially the main riff after the choruses. There's a little bit more complexity there. There's they're they're kind of doing something different, and it's uh, dude, this is just a killer song. I agree with you on the scream too. The scream is like, to me, it's like one of the coolest parts of this album. It it perfectly, uh. It perfectly shows what the band is about, especially on this record. And to most people who don't listen to metal music, I imagine this is like kind of scary, right? I mean, especially at the in the eighties when, you know, everybody's listening to fucking Flock of Seagulls and Culture Club and you know, you get this fucking record and you're like, What the fuck like it, it must have been truly kind of scary, you know, and people were a lot more religious back in the eighties and I didn't even know he could scream like that until this album. I didn't know that Slaven did, that that Tom did these these high pitched screams. And there's sometimes too where, where I like uh, that Carrie is hitting these higher guitar notes to match the screams, to yeah. make it even higher pitched, even more think, obnoxious. You know, I mean that's what it is. It's just super fucking annoying, but it's cool because I didn't. I have no idea they even did this. Yeah. But even it's funny it's cute. too. The the vocals remind me a lot of Raining Blood. When even when he says Angel of Death sounds kind of like when he says Raining Blood. And then the next line too, 
rain and blood through a lacerated sky. He says, angel of death. But then the, the next part after, I forgot what, he, what the lyrics actually are. Modern the, the kingdom of the dead. Yeah, I, I kind of the melodies are kind of similar. Maybe not quite as fast, but they're kind of they're pretty much the same. But I mean, these songs are pretty much the same. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. I mean, there's a song that's like a min, minute and fifty seconds long, and it sounds like the next song after that's two minutes long. Yeah. So it's fucking good though. And uh, another thing I wanted to mention too in this song was the. Uh, the double bass part kind of toward the end of the song where it goes, Dude, it's kind of like, um, like Slipknot's, the song Heretic Anthem where, where Joey plays like, it's just the, it's just the double bass really quick. And then it comes in with the, the toms really fast before it goes into the, the guitar riff comes back in, I should say. That's, I feel like the part in the Slipknot song is based off of this song in particular. Like, or at least okay. what Joey does is based off of that part that Dave does in this song. Cause it's so cool. Like there's no other song that really kind of does the double bass like that. Like at least as fast as Dave does, you know, yeah, that's, I that's, know. I, it's I, fucking good. I will say like the best, like the most iconic thing Slipknot does is that rolling sound that, mm-hmm. that we've, that we've talked about. I have no other way to, to describe it other than it's like the Slipknot roll, the way the music just rolls along. Yeah. Slayer does that sound a lot. They do it. They have, they do it a lot, but I feel like Slipknot perfected it. Slayer well, Slipknot's a better it. band than Slayer. Yeah, it's yeah. just I mean, <laughs> Overall, it's just yeah. but Slayer does that sound a lot and it's just because it's just in the metal realm and because the drummer, uh, you know, and Slayer is, is is a fantastic drummer, he can allow it to happen because you can't do the role without a really really good drummer. That's true. You're totally because right. Metallica has never done the role. Never, not not nearly as, or if they've tried, it's never been, it's never sounded good. And they can't because they don't have a good drummer. Yeah. So yeah. like the role, the, you have to have a good drummer to do the role. And Slipknot, I mean, has perfected the role for sure. They didn't invent the role, but fuck, man, they own the role. Yeah, Joey, <laughs> I mean. They own the, I, no, Joey does the role on Joey. his own. Yeah, no, he does jo- the role I mean, on his fucking own. Joey is the one of the greatest drummers of all time. Like, I, I don't even care what anyone's, he's, Joey is top, as a top five drummer. Like I without mean, a I, doubt, a top five drummer. There's there's arguments to be had, and no one's really going to fight you too much on that disclaimer. There, I don't. Yeah, whatever. I mean, the dude, the dude had the technical ability on top of the songwriting, which a lot of drummers, yeah, you could be super technical and be fucking fast and do all this crazy shit, but if you can't write a fucking song like Joey could, who give who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, you're fun to watch on YouTube for five minutes, but like then Travis? you get fucking bored. <laughs> no, Travis, no. See, we talk a lot of shit on Travis, but Travis does have some really good parts. Like he can write a good drum, good he, drum parts for a song. He has written good drum parts for a song. Yes, I don't think he does it anymore because he doesn't have to. He doesn't need to. I think so he's he so far do up it. his ass. He doesn't do it anymore. I just think he knows he doesn't have to put in the time and effort to do it. <laughs> so he just fucking. Ha- I think he. I think Travis has half-assed everything since Neighborhoods. <laughs> I truly believe it. That's fair. I, That's or fair. No, no, or no, since dogs. No, no, since dogs. Since dogs, because dogs has some really cool drum parts on it. Because Warzone was before dogs, right? Yeah, it was two years before dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah okay. So that, that's fair. But it was. But no, it was that, after neighborhoods. Yeah. No, that's fair because th- that's not that's not right. Cause I, I, I was gonna say that thing he did with Posty, the the Nirvana thing. He did fantastic, but he's not writing that music. That's just, yeah. That was, he, those are covers. Cover. Yeah. 
playing Dave Grohl and Chad Channing's parts. So back to Angel of Death. The last thing I want to say musically on this song before we play it, because at this last part, then we'll play the song and then we'll talk about the lyrics uh, and the story behind that. So toward the end of the song, there's that guitar wail that I love so much. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's, It's like the last note of the solo. They they he they do it on another part of this album, but I love that sound so much. That sound, I mean, they so like I've I've notes of, uh, throughout this album. That sound is a very Van Halen seventies yeah, yeah sound. It's just in a metal. It's it's in a more metal world, but it's very much of like almost like hair metal realm because of its it's hot. It's hot. It's spicy. It's it's kind of glam metal. It's kind of yeah. goofy, but when you bet when like like when you layer it over like aggressive instrumentals, and that's why hair metal like could have been like the shit if it was just faster and, and it rolled better and it was more aggressive. Hair metal would have been badass. Even yeah, take out the vocals. True. There's some. But, I mean, yeah, hair metal has some great guitar playing, but outside of that, it's pretty much shit. But that's the same tone that that same that same tone that we've that we've hated from from early '80s hair metal and even like. I mean, Van Halen's, you know, like 70s shit of, of that sound is, is here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's whatever, that, whatever pedal he's using, I, I, I always just sound, said it just sounds hot. It just sounds like, like, it sounds like the note is like falling away, like falling away from me. It sounds like it's just, falling it's like. This, <laughs> <laughs> that was, you that was said it. I cannot, I cannot I not know, do that, it. That's why I said I was hoping you would do something stupid like that after I said it. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like it, that, that last yeah. note sounds like it's like, it's literally falling away from the, the speaker. Like it's, it's falling. It's like, it's falling off a cliff. Like when somebody falls and they're screaming and it slowly disappears like that. The sound. Wilhelm scream. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. But I think, it, I think a lot of it has to do with the whammy. Like I've never, I've never really looked it up to see how to do it, but I think a lot of it has to do with the whammy bar and how you kind of, you utilize that to get that, that, that particular, whale on the on the on a straight on a note but dude i that's that that's so cool and i don't this week i i kind of that's that particular sound sounds exactly like something that george lucas uses in episode two did you <laughs> what the did fuck? you pick up on that at all and okay clearly you didn't so the the chasing on coruscant when um when anakin and, and obi-wan they're following uh, what's her name, the shapeshifter. Forgot her name. Yeah, I don't. But they're following her on Coruscant, yeah. and that that whole chase scene with all the the lance or the speeders. There's a part. There are a lot of there are several moments where like Anakin's falling or whatever something's happening, and that particular sound, that same note, everything plays. Beow. Yeah, like it that play, thing. It, yeah, it plays. It, it, it's like the exact same note as the oh. as in the Slayer song. And I never picked up on it until this week. Very interesting. But yeah, next time, anybody who watches up, who's watched episode two in the last two years, which is probably like nobody besides <laughs> us. Um, yeah, I will say I've not, I've, I've not watched, I don't think I've watched any of the Star Wars since I've lived here with the sound on. Because <laughs> I've always just had music playing. And I just watch it with, the, with mute and the subtitles. I mean... For the amount of times that we've seen the original trilogy, we don't need sound. We we have the sound already going in our minds. I actually scratched that. I, I that that's that's a lie. I just lied to everybody. 
when I go to bed sometimes and I, I, I just want music because the gardeners are here or like for people are here and I just want to take a nap, I put on Star Wars because mm-hmm. I've, we've seen it so many fucking times that I just need the dialogue at that point and yeah. I can imagine everything in my mind and in doing so, it puts me to bed. That makes sense. I do, I do that sometimes too. Because it's just, it's it's super easy. I don't got to focus on it. I'm not worried about like, ooh, what, what's going to happen next? Like I know what's going to happen next. Yeah, we've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. Literally a thousand times. Um, literally. Literally. No, but it's a good song. There's the a little King's mini English. breakdown before the mm-hmm. third verse that's like my favorite part. It goes from this fast, hyper-aggressive song to that super bouncy, like hardcore shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it. There's a lot of chugging in this. And when that solo hits, like it's not, it's not great, but it hits hard. It's jarring and it's immediate. There's no build up to it. It's just like fucking solo, go, and then done. <laughs> I know. I love that, that's kind of the, the great thing about this record too. Yeah, the solos are all over the place, but they are short. They don't go on for a minute, minute and a half. They're 10 to 15 second solos. Then it goes into another, into like another verse. And then they'll throw it back and do like a quick solo from Jeff or Carrie, whoever. You know, they switch off constantly. And that's, but, I mean, I think it's because they can't write solos that long. It's just straight up. They're not. They're not good song. They're, they're not good. They're not good enough guitarists to write a solo that long. Whereas I agree. Dimebag at seventeen years old was writing solos four or five times that long, writing minute long solos when he's like sixteen years old because he's a better guitarist. It's just because Carrie King and and Jeff. The other guy, fuck, yeah. I don't remember his name. Jeff Hanneman. Ha- Hanneman, Hannigans, yeah. Hannigans, like <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> they, they, they can't, they, they're just not good, like, guitarists. They, they can't write. They're not good songwriters when it comes to guitar. Yeah. Like, like Kirk, they're your typical, Kirk Hammett. Yeah, sorry. They're your typical, like, guitar center guitarist. Like, you go in, you, you see this guy just fucking wailing on a guitar. And you're like, oh, that's cool, man. Like, you want to, can you play something bluesy and we'll jam? Like, oh, no, I don't play blues. Oh, cool. Do you want to play something like a little more like punk and we can just dumb it down a little bit? Oh, no, I don't play punk. Well, what the fuck do you play? I play this one riff over and over and over and over. <laughs> like, that's that's how Kerry yeah. King and Jeff Hennigan's are for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. It's like Kirk, Kirk Hammett from Metallica is not the greatest guitar player, technically speaking, but the dude writes some of the most, to me at least, some of the most iconic guitar solos of all time. I mean, as like I've said it before on the pod, Enter Sandman is not that great of a song, but I think that is one of the greatest guitar solos probably of all time. I think that guitar solo is just so beautifully written, you know, in, in a rock sense. I, I, just, I love that guitar solo. The guitar solo in Master Puppets, the guitar solo, and dude, there, there's just so many, like, I'm just naming off the singles, but... Dude, Kirk Hammond is a great solo writer, but he's not a great technical player. And he never I mean, has been. It's, it's, it's hard because he's always made fun of as being like the lead guitarist who's not as good as a rhythm guitarist in the band. I know. <laughs> it's true. So I, I do feel kind of bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> but he writes a lot of good solos, though. That's the thing. His solos are fucking sick. Like Shortest Straw, I, I mean, outside of Enter Sandman, Shortest Straw is the, his best solo. It really is. Even newer stuff, uh, Suicide and Redemption off of Death Magnetic, that guitar solo in that is fucking killer. Spit Out the Bone, another modern Metallica. And you're not, you don't even know these songs. No, I don't even know these fucking songs. But for people who do know Metallica, Suicide Redemption was the instrumental off of Death Magnetic. Great fucking guitar solo. Uh, the, the last album they did, Hardwired, 
Spit Out the Bones, some great guitar solos on there. What was his best solo on St. Anger? Oh, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that album is so bad. I'm so glad you, you, you actually went back and listened to it and realized how good of a record it I was. had to because I almost bought it on the vinyl, so I, had, I, I needed to put it to bed. I, I kind of wish you would have bought it on the vinyl. I'd be so Just mad. to be disappointed. <laughs> be so pissed. Uh, all right, should we play a little bit of Angel of Death? Yeah. And talk about the lyrics? Yeah. Because it's important. So yeah. here's, uh, here's Angel of Death from Slayer. go angel of death from slayer dude i just love how it just slows down like that it's, they do it so fucking well and it's because of lombardo it really is it truly is absolutely he he god this band would be nothing without him it's crazy dude yeah those transitions yeah they would be dead in the water without without his playing you know, it's, that's, that's like the perfect I don't know the, the perfect way to to describe it is like there's there's they would they they have these great ideas they execute them but then it's like how do we get back from here yeah I have no idea let's <laughs> let, let's let Dave figure it out and he I does know, right because because going off of just that that super speed of of playing and then you go into that awesome earth that didn't Wait, I can't even try to do it with my mouth. That was good. That was good. Do it with your mouth. <laughs> but but you know but do you know what I mean? Like like a, yeah. like a minute forty five in, you know, it switches from the super aggressive speed to just kind of like an actual riff, 
and without Dave kind of transitioning the way he did, it could have sounded like complete garbage, absolute complete garbage. And then it and then it kind of rises back, like it kind of after that point, it kind of builds up again to get more and more chuggy and heavier, and then it it gets super fast again, leading into that wail. And oh my god, dude, that song, this song is fucking great. It's so good. <laughs> the song's fantastic. <laughs> it's to be. I'm glad you agree. To be. So lyrically too, uh, the song was, it, it's about a, uh, a doctor, a Nazi doctor from the hall who practiced during the Holocaust named uh, Joseph Mengele, Mengele. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Have you but never heard he of this guy before? No, I've heard of him. I've heard of him. I just don't know how to pronounce his name. Mengele? Is it Mengele? I, I don't know. I've always said Mengele. But he was best known for experimenting on uh, on people who were in Auschwitz. Like he, that's where he conducted a lot of experiments and just I mean, did a lot like, of fucked up that, shit. Like, that's like sugarcoating what this fucking guy yeah, did. No, I know. Yeah, no, he did. I mean, yeah, he did a lot of terrible stuff. Like, like the more you read about this guy, the more sick it makes you. It's it's insane. It's you. You kind of can't imagine think anybody more evil than him. Like you literally almost think it's fake. Like these these anti Holocausters who who think the Holocaust was was a, not real or whatever. Like yeah. some of the shit you read about this guy, you think there's no fucking way. This is from like a Saw movie, but worse. Yeah, I know. Like, it's crazy. It's it's like think or think of like Saw or and human centipede but worse than that Ugh. like dude he was dude it's unreal i i mean you just look him up i we don't really need to talk about him because it, it's so fucked but uh, no it's annoying because he never he was never like caught he fucking drowned in like the ocean never supposedly. got to do justice so supposedly it's, it's, it's irritating what i did find was interesting though that i did go into was a bunch of nazi hunters these these mm. fucking group of dudes that just after the war ended went around the globe looking for Nazis to bring back to justice or assassinate. That's now, so that's rad. fucking cool. That is fucking really rad. I didn't read about that. So awesome. There there's kinda, there's one main like the guy. Glorious bastards, you know. But yeah, post war, yes. post war, you know. <laughs> yeah, fucking Nazi hunters. So cool. That is pretty fucking sick. But uh, but yeah. This anyway. Yeah. The, because of this song, uh, Columbia Records did not... Was it Columbia? Fuck, I can't even remember right now. But Columbia Records refused to distribute to distribute the record. So they actually had to go, had to go through another company to dis, to distribute the record. Uh, because they thought, that word, huh? Dude, I know. What is wrong with me? Distribute? Distribute, yes. Distribute this record. They had to go through another company to do that. And uh, because they were... The original company, Columbia thought that they were uh, anti-Semitic, you know, anti-Holocaust and, and all that stuff, which they weren't. I mean, they don't, it but, seem like they are. No, but uh, I don't think they're, they're, they're Nazis in any way, shape or form, but they knew what they were doing. They yeah, knew that doing this yeah. is going to get them press. They knew that doing this is going to get them shit on. And they knew that doing this is going to get them notoriety. And that's what they wanted that's what they achieved, and you know it worked for them. It became their their image, and and I think it was, I think it was Tom or Jeff. One of them was really invested in like Nazi memorabilia. It's Jeff. And so at the time, he he read a lot about it, and so it was just it was something he was interested in. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. I mean, it's 
And like reading the lyrics, like nothing about this in any way, shape, or form is like them sympathizing with Nazis. Not at all. At all. Not at all. It's in just any way. them kind of describing the atrocities that were some of the atrocities that were committed uh, during the Holocaust at, Aush- at Auschwitz. And and like you said, it was Jeff who who kind of was the one who he was he wrote the lyrics to the song, and reading more about it, his uh, his da- no his grandfather was a soldier in Normandy in Normandy fighting the Nazis. And the reason why he's, he was so fascinated with, it, with the whole Nazi stuff was because while his dad was over there, every Nazi he killed, he would take like stuff off of that, that Nazi soldier, like, you know, the iron cross and whatever he could <laughs> take off of the soldier. And then he brought all that shit back home. I was so thinking like, had, like a finger or a toe or something. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing that wild. Maybe he did. Who knows? Honestly, people were fucking people in war are fucking crazy on every fucking side. Like, yeah, hearing people, even like American soldiers, American soldiers here. Yeah. I mean, going to the academy and hearing these guys in like the Afghanistan war and stuff and and how they. I don't know what they did to people was pretty. I was like, "Damn, dude, that's like a video game shit." The way yeah. what you are describing—that's it's kind of fucked up in your head. Can you imagine how much worse it was in the forties? Dude, with without yeah. any kind of like like uh, nobody Zero to talk to, no 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 drugs to fall back on. Yeah, I don't know. And then you bring Vietnam into the into the Vietnam and Cambodia into this. I mean, that's that's a different. That's I mean that that was a whole different mindset of of human progression in general and it's funny because i watch king of the hill a lot still to this day i love it so much but there's an episode of king of the hill where where hank hill the main guy his dad was a v uh, a ww2 veteran yeah, yeah and he is at the 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 vfw and, and they're wondering if they should admit the vietnam vets into the vfw because they're not that wasn't a real war that was you know and they make all these accusations about how weak they are or whatever but then they, uh, they're having dinner with, with the Vietnam vets and the World War II vets. Like, yeah, remember when I stabbed that guy in his fucking head and cut his head off and chopped his legs off? And they're like laughing about it and having a great time. And then on the, on the other side of the table, the Vietnam vets are like, yeah, I did the same thing. And just like the difference in, in demeanor between the two was like such a perfect way oh, to capture yeah. the different mindsets of people going to war for two different wars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The way they reacted to the war, yeah. We just like we glorify pretty much all wars prior to Vietnam. That's true, but also you know Vietnam had the draft, and a lot of the people who went to that war didn't want to go. You know they were forced to go. World War Two wasn't really the. It wasn't the same thing. We were we were people wanted to go to World War Two. Yeah. yeah. So, was, so what, even what changed? Yeah. The lies, baby boy. It's the government that changed. Mm, yeah, could have been. Probably we got is. wise. We got wise. <laughs> yeah, we still go to war. Um, still go to war. So yeah, that that's kind of the, the lyrics behind "Angel of Death." And do we have anything else on this song? What do you no, it's a good one. Two B. Right. So what's your what's your three B? Uh, Jesus saves. Jesus, Jesus saves. Jesus Christo saves. It's the fifth song. This comes after Altar of Sacrifice. I think it's a fantastic transition. This is a rad groove song. This is the first mm-hmm. song on the sequencing that didn't need Lombardo to save the flow. The first four songs, you needed him there because the flow, 
the flow would drown <laughs> to keep in theme of like like being stranded in the ocean or if you've even said that i don't know if you did but the the flow would drown had it not been for labondo in the first four songs this is the first one that you don't need them but even yeah. with even with it i mean the song could have carried even even without him the song could have carried there's these like it sounds super super goofy but like there's they do this bouncy sort of poppy metal grooves oh they do it yeah they do it really well too and to throw like pop in with with like thrash metal grooves is weird but that's like the best way to describe it because they are very they're very universal they're very easy to get into they're very poppy they're they're goofy they're they're lighthearted but when the music drops and then everything speeds up dave's hitting the hi hat but it's slowly opening it's just like and it's just getting louder and more aggressive it's like a manual swell and when we do like production talk and whatever and like we love the swell like swells are, are great they're a great way to, to to transition into like a heavy part a drop a solo whatever but we don't hear a lot of manual swells by just using the hi-hat, just keeping it closed and then slowly opening it. And That's he does true, it on yeah. this, and I lost my shit. It was like opening a can of fucking whoop-ass. It was so <laughs> fucking cool. I was like, I was, I was giggling. I was, I, I just thought like, how, how have we never, how do we not talk about this more often? Where, where a drummer can manually swell into a different part just by using the hi-hat. That's awesome. It is fucking, dude. He's so fucking good. It's insane. I've always I've always known Dave Lombardo is good, but like you, it wasn't until this week where I really understood how how important he is in, to this band. Not not to discredit Paul Bostaff, with, who is an amazing drummer. He's a very very yeah. good drummer, but Dave has that extra flair, that extra nuance to his playing that Paul just doesn't have, and it's really not a knock to him at all. Like I said, but yeah, it's, Dave, it's hard. Dave's just on it's another hard. level. Yeah. And, and people complained about him a lot that that a Slayer is just missing something. It's missing Dave. And it's like, fuckers, are you kidding me? Like, like Dave was the best, yes. But now you have another really, really good drummer that's better than the musicians in the band. And still you shit on the drummer? Yeah, I know. Like, shit on Carrie, dude. Shit on Carrie, yes. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> Carrie is by far the worst part of this band. Mu- like, feel like, technically, uh, musically, everything. He's the I feel like he's blinded him. people with bullshit up until like the past like decade. Like like he he's just been riding the coattails of of being the front man. I swear to God, I thought he was a front man in this fucking band. Well, all he's done is like talk shit on the other members too. You know, he's like, yeah, Je- Jeff writes some really great parts, but sometimes I don't like it. You know, I I write stuff for Tom, but but he just doesn't want to sing all the time. But it's like it's gonna piss people off, so let's just do it. It's like he's a child, a man child. Essentially, yeah, really, that's what. And then there was, and then, and then there was that thing where he he was in the the Beastie Boys video. Oh yeah, the gorilla he was, thing. He was supposed to get knocked over by a gorilla, and On he was stage, like, "No, yeah. fuck no, I'm not gonna get knocked over by a gorilla. Are you fucking kidding me? If anything, I'm gonna knock over the gorilla." And that's what they put in the video. Oh, to, to dude, come on, man! Like how insecure do you have to fucking be, man? Good lord! Or why do you get have to put over a, yourself? Yeah. Why do you have to like constantly play this? This character and this image, it's so obnoxious. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, Jesus saves. This is my 4B. And this is just a great continuation from the last song because the song prior is uh, Altar of Sacrifice, which is just like a crazy fast song. But this, like you said, the, this kind of slows it down. 
it makes it a little bit more groove based and and I, I just I love that so much. I mean the first minute like maybe a minute 15 seconds 10 minute and 10 seconds is just an instrumental like there's nothing there it's just kind of them kind of building slightly before it gets into like the uh the actual speed of the song which i like a lot it, it's a nice it's a nice breakup of the record so because they, they never do intros that long ever that no. over a minute long that's 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 crazy because they can't, they don't, they, they can't write songs that long. Yeah, that's true. That's true. like literally they cannot write songs that long. They 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 need if it's not fast and aggressive and loud, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's bad. That's bad songwriting. That's this this band is not. God, they're just so fucking lucky. They came out when they did. They're just so lucky that Rain and Blood or Raining Blood is so is. I mean. Raining Blood could be the greatest thrash song of all time. Yeah, it's if up there. maybe it actually is, I don't know. But it depends fuck, on what you want to define thrash as. That's the thing too, because I think it, I think it would be up there with the Master of Puppets song, but they're two wildly different songs. So it's kind of like, how? What do you define as thrash? I I think the only thing that knocks Master of Puppets down is is the drumming. Mm. It really is a drumming. I think thrash needs to have a sort of sort of reckless sound to it and Dave Lombardo can can give you that reckless sound but with precision whereas True. Lars gives you reckless sound just because it's like a five-year-old fucking playing the drums <laughs> but then also Master of Puppets is like almost nine minutes long eight and a half nine minutes long and Raining Blood is three and a half minutes so well it's you know it's, it's, hard, it's, it's just super hard to compare the two it it is it is, but I I I mean I'd be hard pressed not to say that Rain Raining Blood is not the best thrash song of all time. It's just it's fair. it checks all the boxes. It, it really it, like it, from what I think and what I know of thrash, which is not a lot because I'm still pretty new. Mm-hmm. But what I what I what I think and what I know is, is Raining Blood is there. But it also makes me wonder if I'm just thinking this because Slayer is part of the top four you know, thrash bands of all time, whatever. And it's just like, dude, like Slayer is riding the coattails of Raining Blood. Like, but that's all they need. Who cares? Like, you know, I know, but this album is not, <laughs> Oh, it's, I, I'm so torn. Yeah, Cause Metallica, yeah. again, they're on a different level. They, they're, they're not riding the coattails. You can pick out any one of Metallica's albums, even St. Anger. You know what I mean? They can go on a yeah. St. Anger tour and it would probably still fucking sell out. It's true. Yeah. I feel like when it comes to Metallica, the only two records that sound like the other would be Load and Reload. Yeah, that's it. Outside of that, you can you can really. But fuck you know, me, Metallica went on a Load and uh, Load and Reload to Reload tour. Reload? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? They could sell out stadiums. Oh yeah, no, it would fucking sell, shit. Sure. People would go nuts over it if Slayer went on a, a I don't know, Diabolus Diabolus in Musica tour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they sell House of Blues, possibly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, this is the difference. Yeah. But, like, Megadeth could sell out fucking bigger venues than Slayer could based off of their worst album. Well, maybe not their worst album, but maybe Megadeth- you chose Slayer's worst album versus Megadeth's worst album. I still think Megadeth would sell more tickets than Slayer would. Probably. Oh, yeah, okay. In that, in that case, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, and, I, I think Slayer's a, a gimmick band. I think they're a gimmick band. I think they're riding off the coattails of only Rain and Blood. 
we like a lot of their albums. I think they're top four. I will buy on vinyl at some point. But realistically, Slayer is resigned to Rain and Blood. That's, I agree. I'm that's with it. you. I'm with you. Like I said, I would probably only get maybe their top three or four, unless I found the other stuff for very, very cheap. Uh, Jesus Saves too. I mean, we obviously we talked a lot about Dave Lombardo, but this song for me, he also kind of threw in a lot of little little fills, little things that you aren't going to really pick up on unless you kind of you kind of listen to the album multiple times. And I think it's just I think this song is just kind of having fun. There's just a lot of cool things going on that he doesn't do on the rest of the record. So I like that a lot. Yeah, he's a fun drummer. He's 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 not just like a serious dude like Kerry King is. He's a fun drummer. He does a lot of things that he probably, even if the band told him not to do it, he would still do it anyway because they need him way more than he needs them. True. That's why he right? left like three times. I know. He he fucking left because Kerry King's a fucking annoying little prick. He's probably like, dude, I'm just, I'm going to take off now. This is annoying. Yeah. And every time home. he's pretty much like been begged back to begged. the band. Yeah, it it's really it's really telling of the rest of the band, or it's really telling of Kerry King, honestly. Because he's the only one that pretends to be the front man. I mean, I was I was duped for twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, whatever. <laughs> and then Kerry always talks about like, oh yeah, Dave Dave and I got together at his house and we wrote we wrote like four or five songs, and he never talks about like going to the studio with anybody else. Or like writing music with anybody else. It's always like I'm writing music, or Dave and I are writing music together. You know, which I don't is know if bullshit. No fucking way, Dave and him would ever hang out. I mean, like, I'm sure they did. Yeah, in the early days, there's no way post this album they would ever hang out together. <laughs> like Carrie King's a joke. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's a fucking joke. All right, so I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Jesus Saves, and then we'll get into the lyrics a bit and then move on from there. Sound good? Move on from there, kid. Let's do it. All right, so here is uh, Jesus Saves from Slayer. Let's 
There you go, Jesus Saves from Slayer. Banger, banger, banger. Woo. But the solos, man, they're so fucking messy. I love it. I love there's it. Like a, there's this latch, last ditch solo at the end of the song. Like it sort of just, just quits. Like the song stops and then it throws just one more quick solo at you. And I, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. Yeah. But I love just the the aggressiveness of it. It's awesome. So what do you have lyrically on this song? This is a, I thought this was a typical thing. It was a dig at religion. Yeah. 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 Typical, cute, whatever, I guess. You go to church, you kiss the cross, you'll be saved at any cost. <laughs> All right, bro. Relax. <laughs> That's what I got too. Yeah. Dumb. Criticizing pretty much, yeah, that and saying you're servants for nobody, for nothing. You're just pretty much enslaving yourself for no reason. So do we have anything else left on Jesus Saves? No, nothing else. Nothing else. Okay. That was your 3B, right? Uh, yeah. What was your 3B? Alter? Uh, epidemic. Oh. Epidemic. It has that cool drum intro. It's just very brief and quick, like maybe four seconds. Okay. Uh, it kind of has a that that bouncy thrash rhythm, uh, where it's not just uh, that open E string, which like I've I talk I've talked about a lot, which is very tiresome at points. Um, M M, the chorus is cool because it's not just Tom yelling for the sake of it. There's a little bit more melody there, which you don't really hear on the rest of the record, and I hear a lot of early Metallica on here, like Kill 'Em All style stuff where it's more chuggy but not not like heavy chug it's just kind of run of the mill chug kind of like metallica is known for which is not <laughs> a knock to them it's not no, a knock to them at all no it's but. true it's true it's true but then of course you know the ripping solo comes in and then you have a scream from tom it's it has a little bit of, this song has a little bit of everything on it which is which i like a lot so that's why it's my that's my number 3 what do you got on this one? Is it even a B for you? This is not a B, no. Okay. So this was this was this was uh, this was hard because Jesus saves my three B, and then criminally insane, I thought was okay. Reborn, uh, okay. Epidemic, okay. 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 This is a, a okay, okay, okay. A lot of okays. Like a Leon, the professional, he says, "Stop saying okay, okay." <laughs> Dude, I just uh, watched that movie again a couple weeks ago. Yeah, remember, remember, so remember when, when when he's telling Natalie Portman to do shit, and she's like, "Okay, okay," he says, "And stop saying okay, okay." Yeah, I don't remember that now. Well, you I just watched just it. Watched it. Right, I know though. you fucking probably goofing off or looking in the stars or something. Always. Epidemic. I thought it was okay. I thought it was the same shit. Mm-hmm. It's it's coming off of two songs that I also thought were okay, and I just I don't know. This was a low point of the album for me. I like the mm. solo though. I like the solo a lot. I like how it scales. It's slow. It's crunchy, mm-hmm. and it it's it's kind of the first time on the album where you think like, man, maybe this, maybe whoever is playing the solo right now does know how to play the guitar outside of just that one <laughs> fucking solo we've heard fourteen times. <laughs> and I think the transition to the bridge is super fun. It bounces. And then King, this is the one where King plays his high note to lead into the solo. At the same time, Tom sings the high note to match the note. And it's so goofy and stupid, <laughs> but it's so kind of cool, like in the way it transitions to the solo because they're both like wailing. And yeah, very and, metal. 
it takes like multiple listens to kind of pick up on which one of those two notes is king and which one of those two notes is like the the, the vocals because it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. thought that's kind of cute, dude. I, I, it's surprising you don't like the song more. I really am. I'm very, very shocked because it's, it has a little okay. bit of everything. Like, really? yeah, it comes off of some other songs that you know, like "Reborn" is my nine B, "Criminally Insane" is my eight B, but then you get into this song, "Epidemic." You know, it's it starts differently than the other songs. You know, with that drum, with that drum intro. You know, it's bouncy. It's there's there's a lot more going on in this song. I, I'm really surprised you like you don't you didn't really dig this one. I'll color you surprised because this is uh, an okay song for me. The next song, Post Mortem. I mean, Post Mortem is my four B. So the really? next one, and then and then fucking Raining Blood is my one B. Oh yeah, Raining Blood. Yeah, Raining Blood. But like Post Mortem, oh. yeah, that's my four B. It's fantastic. So we it's, didn't it's, even we didn't even talk about that transition from Post Mortem to Raining Blood. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect transition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. What a like, come on. Uh, it, it makes it makes the whole like thunderstorm at the beginning of Raining Blood so much cooler. Yes. So much fucking cooler. But it's 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 so it's it's so much less like cheesy and, and overproduced. Yeah. 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 Because if you just if you take Raining Blood on itself, it's like, damn, you guys are doing like this overproduced sound in the early eighties trying to be thrash and it sounds goofy. But you throw postmortem up next to it, then it makes sense. All right, should we even play ep- epidemic or anything like that? What do you want? <laughs> should we even play it? <laughs> you want to play it? Play it. I do want to play it because I think it, I it. really, I really think it's it stands out on this on this record. So here it is. I'm just gonna not even fade in. So here it is, epidemic from Slayer. Nope, that's not that's Jesus saves. Nope, that's Jesus saves. Woo, here we go, epidemic. This is just straight up silly boy talk that you don't think this this song is. <laughs> this song, this song has everything, man. Oh my god, this song is so good. 
some gr- amazing drumming from Lombardo. Like, oh my god, dude, he fucking kills it on this song. Everybody kills it on this song. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good. I can't believe you don't like this. It's, it's good. It's straight up silly boy talk. I didn't say it's bad. It's, it's good. Well, by it not being listed as a three B, it's bad. So, do you think okay. it's bad? Well, lyrically, good, lyrically though, this is a very straightforward song. It's self-explanatory. Epidemic. It's about a you know a virus, a disease spreading around the world and it killing people. Really, nothing more more than that. Yeah, the so. disease is Carrie King's bad attitude. <laughs> That's what it is. He does have a very bad attitude. Fuck, dude. I don't even want. I don't even really want to talk about Carrie King anymore. I know. So annoying. Let's talk about Dave Lombardo and Tom. They're the only ones that matter. Uh, I am oh. surprised also that we uh, we've talked so little about Jeff Hanneman. Yeah, I thought, I thought we would talk. I thought he would be the person we talked about the most. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, uh, obviously, Kerry King's going to be what we're going to talk about the most because we both equally hate him as much, True. and and think he's vastly overrated. And I, I. I thought he was the front man. And so that like blew my mind. And so it's, I mean, and then Tom is just the vocalist. And so to not talk about Jeff, I don't know. It makes sense because Dave Lombardo is so fucking good. And he's Cuban. Like he, his family immigrated here from Cuba in like 1967 or something like that. Isn't that crazy? Like right after like, Castro, Fidel Castro taking over. They immigrated here to California, and he—I had no idea he was Cuban. First, I just had no idea he was Cuban, at all. I mean, I didn't—I didn't know either. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, you, you didn't follow—you haven't followed them at all. But it's—it's—it's it's, it's funny because like people have always, even in, in circles outside of just metal, people have always talked about how great of a drummer Dave Lombardo is, how how amazing he is, his side projects that he does that are super mm-hmm. like experimental and kind of eclectic and 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 weird the how how great they are and how good of a drummer he is and it's just never it, it's 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 never like dawned on me to to come back and listen to slayer because of how much i dislike carrie king <laughs> and so i i just it's never happened yeah yeah and like to be honest after this week too i'm not i, I wasn't missing a lot i was missing like three albums but not like a lot no, I understand. I understand it, and even the stuff carry, or even the stuff out outside of uh, Slayer that Dave has done. I mean, I can't really pinpoint any of it. I really can't. I mean, he hasn't. I don't think he's recorded anything with Suicidal yet. And yeah, he. I mean, Slayer is really the only thing I know him in that I've actually heard him in. I should say, the only other person I've ever known that really likes Dave Lombardo, <laughs> and it's because of a band. But that's that's friend of the pod, Rob. He likes the band Apocalyptica. Oh, wait, Rob <laughs> from way back in the day. Yeah, he really likes Apocalyptica. And Apocalyptica, I remember him talking about how Dave Lombardo played drums for a bunch of their albums. Okay. And Apocalyptica is the band that started off as a Metallica cover band. Yeah, a, yeah. A classical. Yeah, classical style Metallica, Metallica yeah. cover band. Yeah. Which is I didn't know Dave Lombardo did that. Bizarre. But yeah, that's the only other thing that I've known. Dave Lombardo to do, but I've never, I never liked Apocalyptica. Yeah, it was never my thing. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I don't know. Covering another band, it's fine, whatever. But I can't, 
I can never bring myself to listen to a cover band unless it's like me first in the Gimme Gimmes or maybe unless you Weird know Al. it's a joke. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're never gonna listen to like a serious cover band. No, it's just it's not silly. It's not, it's not your fucking not music. Funny. Yeah. I, come I, on. I, I don't. Come I don't on. Get it. Come on, guys. Come on. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. So uh, we did Jesus Saves. We did Epidemic. Uh, do we want to talk about anything else? What do you want to do? This is your pod. What do you want to do? Uh, we should probably talk about altar sacrifice at least. Okay, let's get into that. And then, I mean, if anything, then we can close it out. But for sure, altar sacrifice because they got sued. Yeah, yeah. That that whole story is crazy. It's it's crazy because of how long after they got sued. Yeah, the the amount of time between the song released and then when it's they like got ten sued. years later. Yeah, so like, this is this happened in '96, right? Yeah, this was the song that that caused them to get sued by the parents of Elise Poller or Paler. Mm-hmm. She uh, she was murdered. She was raped. She was just tortured. It was horrible, and the parents sued Slayer for I, th- I I basically I think like instilling weird thoughts into the heads of her killers. Which essentially, is crazy. yeah. And so then it, it went to trial, and the judge is like, "No, this is fucking dumb." Threw it out immediately. Sued him again. Went back again, and and tr- and sued him for something else. I can't remember what the second part was, but they sued him again, and it went to a different judge, different different trial lawyer, and and and, and the judge still was like, "No, this is also fucking dumb. I'm sorry that this happened, but this is in no way, shape, or form their fault." Mm-hmm. I think I think it it was like promoting like satanic rituals or something like that. And yeah, the it was judge, something, something crazy, but it was also like what's called the satanic panic from the '90s. Like Slayer wasn't the only band to kind of go through that. But this is a prime example of what was going on during the satanic panic. Okay. Yeah, and this it was, yeah, it, man. It's it's dangerous grounds. It's dangerous grounds because I don't know. It, it, it's it's dangerous grounds because on the one hand, like you need someone needs to be held responsible for such a heinous act on a person. You know what I yeah. mean? Like like these kids. So these. Uh, on the one hand, you think these kids need to to, I don't know, someone someone did this to these kids, but then we're so reluctant to define bad things as just being the bad things. Like some people are just fucked up for no reason than just to be fucked up. Like yeah. you always talk about like villains, villains can't just be bad people for no reason. They always have to have a backstory or some shit. They can't just wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm gonna be a dick today because I'm an asshole person. Like we always have to. Have to, we have, have to yeah. rationalize people's behavior. And sometimes it's just people are fucked up. People are evil for the sake of being evil. Like there's no, no there, reason. There doesn't need to be any other reason. It's a fucking chemical imbalance. Like there are just fucked up people. You know, we all know, like not to this extent, but I mean, we've all grown up with people who are kind of fucked up, you know, that, that do weird shit that is not, not right. You for know, no reason for no fucking reason other than they're just fucking weird. Like it's just it happens. Like it's normal. I, I mean, it's not normal, but I mean, it's it's <laughs> it is normal though. It's I mean, it's been going on for the fact for, that it mean, happens is normal, but the, the what they're doing is not normal. If that makes sense. But and this is one of those instances. This is this is one of those instances. Like anything could have set the these three these three guy these three teenagers that that raped and killed this the fifteen year old girl. There's nobody to blame but them. You know, anything could have triggered these dumbass kids to, to 
you know, pulled his heinous crime. Like there's not to to really just kind of tack it onto one thing like a band, like music. Like that's it's fucking dumb, man. That makes no fucking sense. It's a and scapegoat. The, and like the biggest problem I had, and I didn't do like too much hard research into it. Like I'm I'm over at the House of Cards or some shit, but I didn't see anything that Slayer had come out. I mean, they did come out and say like this is silly. Like we don't do this. We don't condone this. Our sympathies go out to the family. You yeah. know, run of the mill shit like that. It would have been really cool if if Slayer had come out. It would have been really cool if Kerry King had come out and and provided like a fuck ton more support and set up like a foundation or something for this girl to I don't know for for all metal bands for all thrash bands for everybody in music to donate to help educate or something yeah to, to do something aside from just giving your your ob- obligatory lawyer response of. Our band is not condoned, nor you know, like fuck off, yeah. man. It's just, it's so, it's so typical. And while these parents are one hundred percent wrong in suing Slayer, like you can't, you can't dump on them. You just can't dump on them it's because yeah. that's so sad. It's so fucked up, and it's so sad. That but then you it's also dump not on parents. It's also not like the band's, but it's also not the band's responsibility to create a foundation or do something to help out. No, you know? not at all. But that I mean, shows it, it, it's, that it's shows humanity. Of, that, yeah, it shows, that's yeah a, no, it does. That just shows being a good person. And it's like, fuck, man, somebody is going through a horrible, horrible time, and they think it's my fault. I feel bad. I'm in a better position than they are right now. Let me do what I can to help them. Yeah, yeah. that's just being a human. I agree, and I think I that's agree. what that's what Slayer lacked at this point. At least in general, I guess. Lacked, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, dude, I just that man. Wait. But the song's cool, man. It's my five B. <laughs> there are, are a lot of solos on this song. Yeah, a, dude, dude, a lot of cool noodling on this song. Yeah, I love the noodling. And Lombardo's doing the fast metal drum thing, but he churches it up by like going from the riding the hi hat to just punching out on the crashes mm-hmm. as loud as he fucking can, and then like doing both. And it's that's that's a little jazzy. That's a little jazzy. That's a little that's a little complex for this band. No, you're right. You're right. And there, yeah, there are a lot of guitar solos and this is probably the, the best song for the guitar solos. They were able to somehow transition very well between the verses and choruses with the guitar solos, which they've never done well on this record or really any record in their, at least from what we listened to this week. They, they just did a really good job of, of connecting everything together. And I will agree with you with Dave Lombardo. Like, he has some really amazing parts on here. And another thing I wanted to mention on this particular song is that they, he does another one of those guitar wails at the end of the song. Like he does on Angel of Death. Like, dude, I, I love that sound. It's so cool. So fucking cool. But this is a, this is a killer song. Killer song. Not so good lyrics, but... You know, whatever, whatever you want to. I mean, it's the Cyrix, the the Cyrix, the lyrics, (laughs) they're not related to what happened 10 years later, obviously, but it is about human sacrifice and and the the process of of human sacrifice and talking about that, which is in theme with this band. So it's not outrageous. It's 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 hard to put ourselves in like the early 80s because. I don't want to say like we're desensitized. We're just we're just more we're more intelligent now, and the thought of human sacrifice is just so stupid. It's so yeah, dumb. Yeah. 
But like maybe in the early eighties, it was like a real thing. And, yeah. you know, I don't know, fucking come out the coattails of the Night Stalker. You know and I mean, who fucking knows what people were thinking back then? So I don't know. But yeah, the hysteria of serial killers you, and all that shit back then. You talk about human sacrifice today in today's day. It's just it's just like uh, that that was a good game or that was a good app that I played on my phone for fucking five <laughs> seconds before it got boring. Like nobody gives a shit. Yeah, you're kinda right, yeah. Dumb. Yeah. All right, should we play That's a little dumb. bit of Alter? Yeah, play a little bit. Here is the Altar of Sacrifice from Slayer. There you have it. Altar of Sacrifice from Slayer. All right. Do we have anything else on this song? That's it. All right. This is your 5B, right? That was my 5B. Okay. Uh, this is my 6B, so then you have only 1B left, right? I only got 1B left. What do you got? Postmortem. That's my 4B. Oh, that is. Okay. That's Yeah, this is uh, like my 9B. Or no, my 7B. My 7B. It's good, though. Probably the this slowest is, um, song on the album. This is yeah. This is so fucking chuggy. This is like this is like when I, I said it was like mesmerizing. Almost like the tone itself digs into you like a helicopter, over and over and over. And this was the first time on the album that I thought Lombardo played very little. Mm-hmm. Like he just he let everyone else just do their thing. And then this is the one that he really thought he added a safety net, but did very very little. Again, like the dad chasing their kid down the street riding the bike. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine, but it's your 6B, right? 4B. Oh, I think postmortem is your 4B? Yeah. Then what was your 6B? Uh, my 6B was piece by piece. Wait, I thought we already... I thought. Oh, I thought we were higher on your Bs. Mm, guess not. Okay, it's not red, not. baby boy. Okay, all right, all right. Well, let's get into piece by piece, and then I mean, that's, I don't know, that's... No, no, what do you want to do? No, wh- whatever you want to do. We could talk about post-mortem more. I don't care. 
Do I have anything cool about piece by piece? No, I don't. Piece no, by piece is my seven. Cool. Oh no, okay, dude, I got all my my numbers mixed up, my B's mixed up. So postmortem is my ten B. I'm sorry, and then piece by piece is my seven B. That's what it is. Okay, I mean, I'm 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 good. I my main talking points. I'm good on the the people. I'm good on. We talked about Lombardo and, and ad nauseum. We made fun of Kerry King at the appropriate amounts. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm good. To wrap it up. I am. I mean, or whatever you want to do. Now, but I mean, I'm, piece I'm by piece and necrophobic. Those two songs kind of go hand in hand. They're, they're like the fastest songs, the shortest songs on the record. So they kind of, they almost kind of bleed together because of that. Like, there's not, there's not a lot. There's not like choruses. It's kind of just pure mayhem, which is awesome. I, I think it's fantastic. Necrophobic did have my favorite line on the entire album, and Which it's is? <laughs> it's so fucking dumb, but it's strangulation, mutilation, cancer of the brain, limb dissection, amputation, amputation <laughs> from a mind deranged. God, that is pretty good. That is fucking pretty good. It's, but it's just like you can't get any more like high schooler writing on the back of his notebook, <laughs> fucking than that. Like, good lord. But it's sketchy, and it flows, <laughs> and it works really well. That is really good. Um, <laughs> it's so childish. God, I can't get over it. They, I mean, you're kind of. I didn't really think about it until you mentioned it, but they do use a lot of big words just to kind of fill up space. Yeah, because they need that. They need to do that. There's so much going on. So I love that. Oh, uh, one thing we we didn't mention on Angel of Death. The word, uh, what is it, Aber or Abyssinathan or something? Yeah, I, I'd never heard that word before. Never and fucking heard that word. So I mean, there's a little like you know annotation there on on genius, and it what that means is it's like red hot pokers to your eye to blind you, and they put red hot pokers directly on your eye to blind you. What, no, what I read is they put it in front of your eye so that it burns your eyes based off just the heat pulsating oh, from the poker. Oh, okay. I, I, I only read it as they, they push it like onto your eye to blind you. Because the wiki page for that word is, is like two sentences and done. And if you Google that word, there's a band that uses that. Na- that there's a band that's named themselves after that word. Yeah. And so a lot of the images are from that. And so it was hard to find. But the way I read like the two or three things that I read was like red hot pokers in front, like directly in front of your eyes. Yeah. That's so the heat is pulsating into your eyeballs to burn them slowly. That's even fucking worse. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. I, I, and then, I mean just, and then I was just reading, I, I don't know if it was from genius or from somewhere else, but somebody had like ran, uh, some type of algorithm on text throughout the past hundred years, and that word has only come up like twice. Yeah, and I read one that of too. it was yeah. one of it was in the Slayer song. Yeah, otherwise it's like a forgotten a forgotten term. Like how, how the fuck, fuck did he know? I know that fucked me up. I didn't fuck me up, but it's just it, it's like how why how did Jeff Hanneman find this? Like ah, uh, it's a little strange. <laughs> it's a very little bas- fucking bizarre yeah yeah <laughs> i don't i don't know but it's a terrible way to kill or or torture somebody so i don't know i just wanted to bring that up in angel of death 
uh, before you wrapped it up. But uh, do we have anything else on uh, any other anything any other song? That's uh, no. I think that's is that it. That's all I got for my big talking points. Yeah, everything else is just kind of eh. strangulation, mutilation, cancer of the brain, limb dissection, <laughs> amputation from a mind brain. It's like, come on, it's God, so I good. Get over it. It is so it's good. So good. <laughs> God, I hate the how I just hate how fucking childish childish it is, but I also hate how much I love it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right, so uh, with that, we're going to wrap it up right now. We're also going to rate the record with our world-famous rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is just the worst thing you've ever heard. So, Jeff, what is your what are your final thoughts and your rating? Go! This, this has been a fun one because all my preconceived notions of Slayer have just been kind of turned upside down, and, and again, I... I want to reiterate recap summarize that i thought carrie king was the front man i thought carrie king was was the mastermind of this band because that's what he led to me me to believe for all these years and the dude's a joke the dude's not he's not that great of a guitarist to be honest he's not no. he's not a, he's not a top 100 he's not a top 200 he's not that great of a rivers cuomo is a better guitarist than carrie king is correct he can shred better yes. so i don't i don't um I, I feel silly having wasted all this time thinking that Slayer's dumb because Kerry King is dumb. But um, <laughs> I do think Slayer's dumb because I think they are goofy. I think they are childish. I think they built a brand off of something that is so, so dated. And I think that Slayer is relying essentially on just rain and blood. I think had this album not happened, Slayer would not even be in the, in, in the, in the, in the talks of greatest thrash man of all time. It is only because this happened that Slayer is still relevant, as opposed to the other three. Even like Anthrax has held the test of time better than Slayer has, because of their extracurriculars and stuff. It, no, it is it is true. Scott Ian has has done better things than anyone in this band has done outside of Dave Lombardo. But even then, I don't know a lot about what he's done. But Scott Ian's done a lot of stuff that's pretty good outside of Anthrax, which is not good at all. But Slayer's fine. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's it's all right. You go back right. to it. You you go back to the your top three for sure. I would for sure go back to my top four. I want my top four on the vinyls. I may drive three hours just to get a bootleg of my top one tomorrow. So Jeez. that's well, it's not just heaven uh, really that expensive. Like an OG pressing of it? Yeah, it's pretty fucking expensive. So it's never really been repressed? I mean I've only I just Dis- discogged it once okay. earlier this week and that was it didn't look too much into it but a bootleg for 30 as opposed to an OG pressing for 200 is always going to be you know better yeah yeah true 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 but as an, as as a non as a thrash album this is arguably like the best of all time this is like the the greatest so like as a thrash album if I'm if I'm grading this strictly just basing it off a, of a thrash standpoint I mean, it's it's upwards in the two points, uh, 2.8 maybe. I'd give it, I don't think it's a three, but if I'm basing this just basically off of a thrash album alone, I'm going to do 2.8 because I think Rain and Blood is the, maybe the greatest thrash song of all time, but I do think Master of Puppets is better than this. I do think Kill Em All maybe even better than this. But if I just have to like be like a little bit more objective as an album as entirely... Dave Lombardo is the only good part of this band. 
<laughs> everybody else does their thing, which I think is fine. I don't think Tom's a bad singer. I don't think he's a good singer. I don't think the lyrics are great. I, I think they're good at best. I think the guitarists are are good because of what Dave allows them to do. Yeah. And the bass playing, my, my God, we heard bass playing from this album maybe one time. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, it's completely non-existent. Yeah, it's so turned so, out mix. As a thrash album, I'll give it 2.8. As just a normal album that I would give a rating to any other album that we do, I'd probably give it a 2. Straight up 2. I mean, that makes sense. If you're going to go back to it, that makes sense. Because I will go back to this, yes. But this is this is nostalgia for thrash heads only. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that great outside of thrash. It's really okay. not. No, I understand. I, I totally get it. I get it. All right. So you gave this a 2.8. Really, you gave it a 2.8. Uh, <laughs> so my, my final thoughts, you know, I, I've... I've only ever really listened to this record and South of Heaven. Yeah, and Repentless. South of Heaven, Raining Blood, and, and Repentless are the only albums I had ever heard in their entirety prior to uh, this week. And But I've listened to Raining Blood. I can't even tell you how many fucking times. And I think this is arguably one of the, one of the greatest, the greatest of all time. It, it, I mean, without a doubt it is. And I agree too. David Lombardo is the best part of the band, and Carrie King is a bitch. And um, <laughs> it's really, it's really annoying. It's really annoying how kind of Carrie kind of ruined the band, but also kind of made the band. I don't know. It's all really annoying. But um, dude, I'm I'm just gonna repeat everything we've already talked about. So I'm not. I'm just, yeah, do it, do it. I'm do not it. gonna. I'm not gonna do it. Do I'm it. not gonna do it. We we just spent two hours doing this, so I'm not gonna do that. Uh, so my my rating, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this record a perfect three. Oh damn, Gina! Because I I mean I don't do it often, obviously. Um, perfect three because there is literally nothing wrong with it. Every song is an absolute banger. Yeah, well, it gets a little wild and chaotic well. at points, but that's the point. It's supposed to be like that. It's enjoyable. This record's only 34 minutes long. Ten songs, 34 minutes. That's all you need. Nothing more, nothing less. Everything just like punches you in the face. It's great. I have n- I have nothing really bad to say about this record outside of like the individuals themselves, but as a whole, this record is perfect, absolutely perfect. Dave Lombardo, fucking kills it. Okay, so perfect three, and I'm surprised you gave you you gave it a two point eight. I thought I thought you were gonna like just give it a straight up maybe two point two five, but I mean whatever. as a thrash record, it's it's damn near untouchable. As as an actual just music record, it's. There's a lot of flaws. Yeah, but it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Yeah, there are a lot of flaws in a lot of our favorite. It's records. not supposed to be though. That's the problem. It's supposed to be because they suck. They're not that. They're not as good as they think they are. <laughs> except for Bardo. That's uh, no. It shouldn't. It's not supposed to be. He's just too good. He's too good. He is. All right. Well, I think that's all we have, right? On on this yeah. episode. All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us five stars. You know, social media at Aston I Radio. You know all the bullshit stuff we talked about at the beginning, the boring intros, and uh, I don't know. I got nothing else. So I'll that's it. Okay. That's all. Freaking.
dare I say, like people that love the Deftones are just um, <laughs> they're just dumb. They're just dumb. <laughs> they're just dumb. <laughs> kind of irritates me. Oh, you're the worst. You're the fucking worst. You don't know anything about music. Don't know anything about anything. <laughs> God, that's such a bratty thing for me to say too. It it sounds like it. It it really does, and not not in a bad way. Because I mean, I'm a big, I'm a new metal guy, and you are to an extent as well. You like some new metal shit, so get over yourself. Um, <laughs> so it just sounds like like it sounds like the note is like falling away, like falling away from me. It sounds like it's just falling it's like. Away. <laughs> that was, you that said was it. I cannot. I cannot I know, not that, do it. That's why I said I was hoping you would do something stupid like that after I said it. <laughs> um, 